Welcome to training from Scott Ross Online. Scott Ross is a highly sought after and internationally acclaimed personal development and leadership coach who speaks to more than 50,000 people a year. The same strategies he's taught top executives are available to you through programs like this one. We encourage you to take notes and listen to this audio multiple times for maximum results. And now, here's Scott. Welcome, everybody, to the Leadership Podcast. This is episode number 87. My name is Scott Ross, and I'm fired up for you guys to be a part of the live recording of this, as well as those of you who are listening around the world on whatever device you may have. If you want to catch up on the previous episodes, you can simply go to scottrossonline.com and get all 86 of our previous episodes. We're in the midst of a brand new series we started a couple of weeks ago, and it is on 360-degree leadership, or leadership from wherever you are in an organization. And just to summarize what we've already covered, we talked about some core leadership principles that apply to you no matter where you are in the hierarchy of your organization. If you find yourself with a title or a position that puts you at the top of the hierarchy, in the middle of the hierarchy, or at the bottom of the hierarchy, those principles apply to you either way. And then each week what we're doing is taking time to examine how we can lead from the various positions that we find ourselves in, whether that means leading down, as in you're in the you're up in the hierarchy, leading laterally, meaning leading those around you, or leading up, meaning you find yourself down in the hierarchy. Uh, we're going to look at each of those individually. I've already talked about this before, but it deserves to be said again. You're going to probably find yourself the majority of your life in all three positions. There's almost no one that doesn't have someone who they report to or that they are accountable to, and then that they have people who are at a position that's not where they are yet, that's beneath them in the hierarchy. And, of course, we all have people who are our peers and those people that are around us. So these are absolutely crucial leadership skills to learn and truths that you need to embrace. Now, last week, we started a discussion of leading down, and we started with the principle that position and title do not make you a leader. The word vice president on your business card doesn't make you a leader. The fact that you're the manager doesn't make you the leader. Even the CEO is not necessarily a leader. And the fact that you lack one of those titles doesn't mean that you're not a leader. So title and position have nothing to do with leadership. There's two reasons someone will follow you. They either have to or they want to. And we want to make the want to the motivation for all of those people that we want to lead. And so we started talking about how to lead down, and we said that if you do have a position in an organization where because of your title, because of where you sit on the org chart, people have to listen to you, we want to not use that mechanism. We want that to be the last possible resort that we go to, the last card we play as a leader. Rather, we want to do things that cause people to want to follow us, to be motivated to follow us, to be inspired to follow us. And last week, I'm not going to review them all in detail, but just quickly, we talked about making value your metric. We talked about being an over-communicator, and we talked about owning your results. Well, today I want to dive into three more principles on leading down in an organization. And the first thing that we've got to know if we're going to be a great leader is that it is our job 
our responsibility to eliminate all the distractions that could pull our followers off the line. We must eliminate the distractions that could pull our followers off the line. Now, the key part of this is the off the line part. What does that mean? Well, we've all heard before, and we know to be true, that the shortest route from point A to point B is a straight line. And your organization has goals and objectives. And then, of course, within your organization, your people should have goals and objectives, and they should have incentive to try to achieve those goals and objectives. And we want them on the line, meaning moving from A to B. It is our responsibility to get rid of any nonsense that would pull them off of the, of the motion from A to B and cause them to go sideways in some manner. Now, the leader is a leader ostensibly because the leader has more vision than the followers. The leader can see farther than the followers. The leader's eyes are on the horizon. And so since the leader knows what the big picture is, our job is to safeguard our people from getting distracted and not understanding or moving towards the big picture. The minute that a leader puts his face down into the weeds or puts her attention onto things that are not point B, that are not the destination, then the leader has lost or forfeited the value they bring. Why do we need yet another person who's going to get caught up in distractions and not really see the forest from the trees? The leader is valuable to the extent that they have a vision of where we're going, they can communicate that vision, and they can facilitate the individual and the organization reaching the destination. Let's give you some specifics. A leader should never burden their followers with tasks that are not material to the goal or the objective. We've all had bosses that gave us what we would refer to as busy work, unnecessary reports, unnecessary policies and procedures. But we can do this in every area of our life. As parents, we often do this. As friends, we often do this. As entrepreneurs, we for sure do this. Anytime we're asking someone to do something, we've got to ask ourselves, does this facilitate them getting to their goal and the organization getting to its overall goal? If it does not facilitate that, if it is not material to that, we want to be very, very cautious about giving that task to the follower. Now, are there things that are required that maybe are just the process of doing business, like somebody's got to you know, put the addresses on the envelopes or maybe fill out that particular governmental paperwork or whatever? Of course. But we want to be very judicious with how we give out such tasks. We want our followers focused on the goal. Remember, last week we talked about over-communication and the principle of worthwhile work. When the followers see how what they are doing 
is very important, is strategic to the overall objective, they are naturally and internally motivated. If we start doing things that take them away from worthwhile work and we can't facilitate or communicate to them how it plays a role in the strategic objective of the organization, their motivation is going to die very, very quickly. Some other examples of eliminating distractions is eliminating drama. Now, one of the principles that I love to live by is the idea that every human being walks around carrying two buckets, and in one bucket is gasoline, and in the other bucket is water, and leaders are wise enough and discerning enough to know which bucket to use in which situation. When there's something positive happening, when there is momentum in the team, when there is enthusiasm and energy, when someone's done something good, those little sparks, we want to come pour gasoline on those things. And when there is something negative happening, when there is gossip or there is backbiting or there's been a failure within the organization or someone has made a mistake, we want to come pour water on that spark. We want to diffuse it. Now, what tends to happen amongst followers and happens amongst people who are not leaders, but they wish they were leaders or they like to think of themselves as leaders, what happens there is they don't have the wisdom to know. And where there is a spark of positivity, they often douse it. They have a young leader emerging, and the leader stretches themselves, gets out of their comfort zone, does something that's scary, but they don't do it very well. The non-leader comes and throws water on that deal. Let me show you all the things you did wrong. You should have done it this way. This was not good. We got to get this fixed. And that little spark goes out. And then something slightly negative, something that could be diffused easily if we get to it early enough, they unfortunately will dump gasoline on that. We as leaders have got to eliminate distractions. We've got to know when gasoline's required and when water is required. And with distractions, it's all water all the time. For instance, we always want to encourage grace and the benefit of the doubt. Someone comes to you complaining about a team member. They come to you with gossip or some sort of malicious you know, content in their speech. They're saying, this person's doing this, and I don't like that. What we want to do is we want to douse it with water. Man, I totally get it, but you know what? I know them. I don't think that you're reading them correctly. Maybe they're having a bad day. You know what? Let's go talk this through. I'm sure we're reading this incorrectly. Let me tell you how much how much good they're doing for the organization. Let me remind you of a time they did something to serve you even. We are diffusing, diffusing, diffusing. Grace, grace, benefit of the doubt, benefit of the doubt. We do not ever want to put gasoline on that spark. We always want to encourage communication between team members and between leaders. See, non-leaders want to be everybody's friend. Just understand this. If you're a leader, there is a time for friendship, but there's always a necessity for leadership. And 
You don't treat everyone the same. Poor leaders and non-leaders want to treat everybody the same. But the non-leader wants to be everybody's friend. So the friend comes to them with gossip, and they confuse empathy with gossip. They're not the same. I can say, I understand how you feel. I'm on your side. I really want you to feel good about this. I want this to be right. And I can still not validate the gossip. I can in the same breath, in the same sentence say, but I know what we're talking about and who we're talking about, and I just believe in them. I know that it has to be some sort of miscommunication. I know that they must have just been in a bad mood that day or whatever. I don't have to choose between, it's not the fool's choice of I either uh, empathize or I, you know, don't take their side. That's not a choice we have to make. Another thing is that non-leaders always want to be right, and they will go to their followers for validation and self-confirmation. Your followers are not the ones to give that to you. So what ends up happening is they have something going on and they don't like what's going on. So they go to these other set of followers and they start, you know, chirping and and talking and filling their heads with a bunch of brain damage because they want this second group of followers to justify them, to validate them. Well, all that does is create confusion and lack of loyalty to the organization in the other set of followers, and what does it do? It takes them off the line. Leaders know I've got to be the bigger person. I may not be happy. I may not be feeling the best right now. I may want a pat on the back, but I can't do anything that would take my people off the line because that would be the height of selfishness. And leaders embody selflessness, not selfishness. So we've got to get rid of drama. And then the last part of this idea of eliminating distractions that pull people off the line is We take all negativity up the hierarchy, and we never take negativity down the hierarchy. Never, ever, ever take negativity down the hierarchy. You know, as parents, we have this mistake happen all the time. Man, your mother, I just can't, what am I going to do with that woman? That is not a statement that a child needs to hear because the child needs to feel like their safety with their parents. The parents are the rock of their life. When the world is shifting sand, what's rock solid? Mom and dad are rock solid. The second that the father is de-edifying the mother, it is going to create confusion and a lack of sense of security amongst the children. Well, it happens in every environment in the world, not just in the home. In the work environment, on the team environment, in young startup companies, in an entrepreneurial environment, in network marketing, any time you take negativity down, it creates confusion, panic, lack of belief, lack of security, and ultimately, lack of activity, which is what we want in our organizations. So... If we're going to lead down, we eliminate every distraction that pulls people off the line. We are the bigger people. We have the bigger picture. 
all of the junk that's going to pull people off the line is just that. It's junk. And when we get to the objective and we're, when we're winning, no one's going to give a rip about that junk. So let's not give a rip about it now and rob ourselves of the victory that we would have in store if we could just stay on the line. Okay, the next principle of leading down is to communicate with your words and demonstrate with your actions a willingness to receive feedback and to take questions. To receive feedback and to take questions. Your people have got to feel like they can approach you and ask you anything. And here's why. We are not talking yet about how to lead up, but we're going to get to that. And one of the principles of leading up is that the person who is receiving orders or receiving tasks or receiving direction from someone higher up in the organization, they are responsible. Just like the person leading down has to own the results, the person on the bottom has to own the results too. And if they don't understand something completely, they can't fail at the objective and then say, well, I didn't really understand anyway, or I didn't do it because I didn't get it. That's not an acceptable answer. If you don't get it when you're leading up, your job is to go to the hierarchy and say, explain this to me. Help me make sure I got this right. Let me make sure I understand this component of what you said. Well, if we're going to have our followers be able to ask those questions, which we're going to teach them to do, and then we put up a wall where they can't feel safe coming and asking those questions, we're going to stymie our leadership. So we've got to communicate verbally, but then more importantly, demonstrate. You can come to me. You can ask questions, and you can give me feedback. See, if people don't understand, they're not going to perform. The confused mind does nothing. If they don't understand, they're going to stop. But if they have understanding, and especially if you've given them the ability to get that behind-the-scenes communication we talked about last week where they get the strategic importance of what we're saying, they then can give you what we call buy-in. They can buy in. They can, you know, it's, it's as the old saying goes, they can sink their teeth into the idea. And once they sink their teeth into the idea, they can run with it in a big way. They can get impassioned about it. They can take ownership of the idea. Now, let me just say this. You're not always going to get agreement. You're going to have people come to you and question you and be like, I don't get it. Why? This doesn't make any sense to me. And you need to receive that with grace and give them honest, clear answers. And they're not always going to agree, but at least they will have had an answer and they will have had something more important. They will have had it demonstrated to them that it's safe to come ask those questions so that they do it again in the future. When they come to you with feedback and they come to you with questions as a leader, you cannot get defensive. You've got to stifle that sense in you. If your pride starts to rise up, and you'll know it, you'll feel your face flush, you'll feel your blood start to rush a little bit. If you feel that, you need to take a little mental time out 
Count to 10. Do what Jesus did and draw in the sand, metaphorically speaking. And let the question come to you and then gracefully come back with your answers. And don't expect to always get agreement from them. That's not your responsibility to get them to agree all the time. But it is your responsibility to communicate and to make it safe that they seek input, feedback, and answers. All right, last principle of leading down. As a leader, one of the most important things to be on your mind at all time is succession. Succession. Now, succession means someone who is going to take your place. And so the leader that leads down well has succession in mind from the very beginning. They are always thinking, who am I raising up to take my place? Who am I raising up to take control of this aspect of our business or this aspect of the game? And they're grooming their replacement from the very beginning. I would just ask, I would just tell you that a litmus test on your leadership is this. If you are not currently grooming someone, there's a problem. If I said to you, who are you grooming right now, and you have to think about it, then we've got a weakness in your leadership that needs to be addressed. You've got to be grooming from the very beginning. Now, part of this is delegating. And we've talked about on previous podcasts the 80% rule. What is the 80% rule? It says that if someone can do what you do 80% as good as you do it, you should not be doing it as the leader. They should be doing it. Now, see, a lot of leaders are perfectionists. You know what? I am. I want everything to be world class. I want it to be rock solid. And I know... Well, if I do it, that's probably how it's going to be. But how far can my scope go? How many people can I reach? How big an impact can I have? How big can my organization or my team really get if I'm the one doing everything? The answer is not very big, not very far. I'm going to stay small. I want to have a big, giant organization that makes a massive impact in people's lives and makes a massive impact for eternity. And the only way to do that is to bring other people along. You know, one of the greatest examples of this is in the Bible when Moses is leading the children of Israel out of Egypt and into the promised land. They're bringing all of their problems to him. And he is sitting there from the time he wakes up to the time he goes to sleep helping wisely adjudicate these issues between the different parties that are bringing their complaints to him. And his father-in-law comes up and just shakes his head and is like, dude, what are you doing? This is going to kill you. Let's go find some wise people. Let's mentor them and let's get them making all these judgments on your behalf. And so that's what happened and it became a much more efficient procedure. We've got to be like that. Don't be Moses taking everything onto your shoulders. Delegate any and everything you can. And especially if someone can do it 80% as well as you, they should be doing it. And be a 2% leader. What is a 2% leader? Well, 90% of leaders 
lead followers. They lead followers because it's easy to lead followers. I mean, it's good on their ego. Followers are the kind of people who, you know, tell you how awesome you are and don't really complain or grumble that much because they know they need you. So 90% of people lead just followers. About 8% of leaders, the more elite level of leaders, they lead leaders. And that's really hard to do because leaders have egos. And when you lead a bunch of ego people, then you've got a bigger leadership challenge. And leaders might question your leadership. They might want to go off and do their own thing. So that's a little bit challenging. But the better leaders lead leaders. But the ultimate leaders, the top 2%, they can lead followers and lead leaders, but more importantly, they create leaders from followers. They can create a leader from scratch. And that's the kind of leader we want to be. We want to be, God's going to bring us people, and we're going to be thankful. We're going to be blessed by the opportunity to pour into this life of this other human being. And our goal is going to be to make them better than we are, to mentor them, to raise them up, to position them for success, to equip them to be the person God wants them to be. Because when they are fulfilling their purpose and they're running full out at full speed using all their gifts and all their talents, and we start to line up person after person after person that that is true for. They're all running at full speed using their full gifts and their full talents and their full capabilities. And they're matured and they're disciplined and they're wise and they're discerning. What can we accomplish? There is no limit. And so we want to be 2% leaders. So that wraps up how to lead down. These last three principles eliminate distractions that pull followers off the line. Communicate and demonstrate a willingness to receive feedback and take questions and have succession in mind from the very beginning. If you'll do these three things along with the previous three we covered last week, you're going to become one of the highest level leaders in the world. You will be absolutely world class at leading down in a hierarchy. Next week, we're going to focus on leading laterally. How do you lead those around you? Can't wait to get into that material, guys. Until then, put this stuff into practice. Practice the discipline of reflection every night. Think about what you accomplished that day and how you led down that day and what you might change. And then go put what you learned from your reflection time into practice the next day. And we'll just spiral upward together. It's an honor to be on this journey with you guys. God bless you. I'll see you next week. Bye-bye. We hope you have enjoyed this audio program. For more resources to further your development as a world-class leader and for success strategies and tactics in all areas of your life, please visit scottrossonline.com. And be sure to connect with Scott on Facebook and Twitter using the ID at scottrossonline. 